0: Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and the Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am excited because I am joined with Sebastian Walter with the Spyro One, the next generation of water guns. Sebastian, thanks so much for being on Art of the Kickstart today. Thanks for having me. So you have created a totally awesome water gun, and we here at Adventist Partners, Art of the Kickstart, love anything having to do with water sports, as you know, our good friend Josh Malone with the Bunch of Balloons, Water Balloon Campaign, kind of revolutionized the, the water balloon fight industry, and now you've taken it to the next level with the Spyro One. So That's you created the most successful German project of 2018.
1: Well, it feels great. Obviously, um, Germany is not huge in terms of Kickstarter, but... It's still, it's a huge success and we didn't expect that at all. I mean, we believed that it would be a cool product, but, you know, we didn't know how the response would be and it was great and it was a great experience all over.
0: So let's talk about where this product innovation came from. What inspired you to create this product?
1: You know, first thing is when I was a kid, I had lots of water guns and everyone did. So, you know, I'm a kid of the 90s and back in that, at that time, everyone was having water guns and having water fights during the summertime. And I think that was the most important memory that I had that you know, brought me to realize there are no cool water guns anymore. And actually, it's true. You cannot really buy good water guns these days, and I'm not on Amazon, not eBay, nowhere. And that was very surprising for us. So I talked to a couple of friends and I was like, hey, look, uh, back in the 90s, we had these awesome water guns. Do you remember? And of course they were like, yeah, sure we do. And what happened? And it was then that we realized that it was time to actually make a, make a great water gun again.
0: So your Munich-based startup, you founded it a few years ago, and you're actually right next to a fire department. Did they have any help in coordinating how best to, you know, spray water the way that you guys have revolutionized it in the Spira?
1: yeah i think in the beginning we like to think that but it turns out that uh firefighting and i don't know high pressure cleaning and all these different industries that you know remotely have something to do with the water you know they're very different so yeah i mean in the beginning we tried to ask them like you know what do you think about that but you know the the sheer amount of water and the pressure and everything is so so over the top uh you know when they're using their their equipment that is not of great help i think it's a different different world really But yeah, I I like to
0: think that it helped us a little bit. So when you were creating the Spyro One, let's talk about the process there. How did you go about deciding what features to include, how to design it, source the product? You know, talk about that process.
1: I think in the beginning, we clearly underestimated how much work it is. I mean, you know, I think everyone is doing that. And maybe that's a good thing, you know, because you don't know how much you have to do. But we did that on a large scale, really, because we were like, OK, it's not going to be so hard. It's a water gun. You know, how hard can it be? And it turns out that there's uh, a lot of science involved and there's a lot of uh, details that you have to understand. And um, that was uh, a huge learning for us because we were like, OK, how does this work? How, how is how's is water flowing? How, how do you eject water from, you know, a nozzle? And. It turns out that it's a lot of science involved that you have to read through and so the beginning was to actually learn this stuff you know to learn how uh, fluid dynamics work how pressure builds up and how it develops inside of a you know container and uh, it turns out that we had a lot to learn and if we had known how much it is i I, i'm not sure if i would have started but you know after you've done it you know uh, it was a good thing
0: So let's talk about the prep work leading up to this Kickstarter campaign. You fully funded your reasonable funding goal of about $60,000 in 25 minutes. On the first day of your campaign, you did over €136,000 in terms of transactions. How did you have such an excited amount of people ready for this product to pre-purchase upon launch?
1: I would assume that it was because we took our time. We really, uh, the summer before Kickstarter, so last year, we were like, okay, what are we going to do when we launch on Kickstarter next year? And we really took our time to uh, get everyone excited. And I think that is something that cannot be underestimated, how important it is to you know, get in touch with people and get them excited about what you do, you know, tell them in the beginning, they will not care too much. But after some time, they will pick it up and they will be like, hey, that's cool. Oh, okay, this is now better than before. And you're making progress here and there. And I think that was the most important factor for for this campaign that we got uh, a huge subscriber list. And I know it sounds a bit old school to, to really collect email addresses, you know, and go, go over it the old way. But uh, for us, that was invaluable. We had this, this really tight crowd that was really looking forward to that Kickstarter campaign. And we could tell because right from the start, they were like, you know, okay, cool. It's out now. It's on Kickstarter. We're going to back it. And that was huge for us.
0: So how many email addresses did you acquire during your pre-launch efforts? So over the year, you know,
1: the year uh, during summer when we started until we launched, so that was about exactly 12 months, I think. I think we collected about 10,000 email addresses. And that doesn't sound much. You know, I talked to to other campaigns and and they were like, yeah, that's about the the same number we got. But I think we really got them excited, you know. So we updated them very often. We were like making sure that they really wanted to hear about our product. And I think the, the quality of those email addresses was Comparatively high. So also the conversion the percentage of people that eventually ended up buying or pledging on Kickstarter was uh was high.
0: Yeah, I mean for ten thousand email addresses acquired during the pre campaign and then on launch day you had over a thousand backers. That's a strong ten percent conversion rate if they all came from your email newsletter.
1: I think they did, so that was
0: cool. Where did you acquire most of your customers from? Was it targeting from Google or Facebook or other networks out there?
1: Yeah, we did a little bit and we did paid ads and, you know, a little bit of these things. But I think most of it, and it sounds a bit silly, but in retrospect, it turned out to be really valuable. was like um, going on fairs, um, talking to people, um, you know, exhibitions where there's a lot of people from the toy industry or a lot of visitors and we did that. And again, that sounds really old school, you know, going there, having like your flyers or whatever ready and your, your poster and, you know, talking to people. But these guys turned then out to be really loyal to, to your brand and, you know, commenting and being interested in what you did. So I think we, we went about it really old school, but it turned out to be really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've gotten some great press coverage in outlets like Wired, Gizmodo, Trend Hunter, even Uncrate covered you guys. Any tips there for other creators to get, you know, and secure great press coverage that way?
1: yeah I mean you should make their jobs as easy as possible obviously so you should have a good press kit you should have everything ready so that you know if they want to write about you they you know can easily find all information and and imagery and whatever they need but I think mostly it's it's organic so if you have an exciting product and enough people who, who back you everything else just falls into place I mean I'm, I'm not sure if that works for every campaign or any product, but for us, it, it worked just really well. So you need to make their jobs easy, have everything in place. You know, if they ask you to react really quickly because, you know, they are they have their own deadlines and everything. But um, apart from that, just have an exciting campaign, I would say.
0: So you guys have really some interesting stretch goals as well that your backers have unlocked so far. Talk a little bit about that process and how you guys went about deciding what to offer as stretch goals? Did you involve the community or the crowd that you've built? Or was it something that you guys had already predetermined that you could do and build out on?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we have learned quite a bit during during the the past month, really. And the problem for us was that we didn't really know how to build the next high-tech water gun. I mean, there is no product similar to this out there, and we couldn't know what people would want. And, of course, we had our own preconception about what was cool and whatnot, but it turned out to be the best idea to really ask people. I mean, they're spending money on, on your water gun. They want that product out there, and uh, it turned out to be a good idea to ask them. And so we did polls. We we asked them what what feature would you like, and you know, of course, we had to make sure that we could implement it and that, that we could, you know, build it, and it was at a reasonable cost. But yeah, we asked we asked our backers, and they decided in which order they wanted to have those features.
0: No, which is always great. So you talked about you know about a year of pre campaign work going in. What tips would you have for someone looking to crowdfund their you know innovation as well? What what tips would you give to them?
1: I would say the most important thing is really to take your time. Um, we've been approached by a couple of other Kickstarter or soon-to-be Kickstarter campaigns and they were like Um, trying to speed this up you know they were like okay so you got a good crowd and you have been working for a year can I speed this up in maybe four weeks you know can I spend you know 10 like 10 times the amount on Facebook and Google and can I just speed this up and build the crowd faster and I would say that might be possible I'm not sure but the best way to go about it is take your time, you know, Um, have updates ready, have uh, when they go on your your Facebook page, um, have stuff ready, you know, so that they see um, that you did something in the past, you know, like 12 months ago, we showed them, you know, whatever prototype and 10 months ago, we showed them first testing and these things. And I think people like this, you know, they like that you have been working on this for some time because after all, Kickstarter is a, a, a leap of faith, you know, they trust you with their money. to to build this and it's it's a a lot more you are a lot more trustworthy if you can prove that you have been working on this for some time and so I would say take your time uh, update regularly have new stuff ready and uh, don't try to be too fast and that, that is very, I mean, it's not what we usually learn, you know, it's like about failing fast and being fast and, you know, we try to rush it. And this is not like quite the con- contrary to what you hear about the start of work. But this is, I think, the reason why we did so well on our Kickstarter campaign.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Let's talk a little bit about your experience with your backers in the community so far. You talked about, you know, building up a list of 10,000 folks before the campaign. Sounds like you had a really good email drip campaign to continually keep them informed. While the campaign's been running, it looks like you've gotten a pretty good amount of feedback from the product as well as giving you advice on what stretch goals they want to do. How have you been managing that feedback with your backers as well as promoting and getting ready to manufacture the product?
1: Right. So um, your backers, are, this is huge. Your backers are like really important because they're the source of of everything really, you know, of praise and, you know, they are spreading the word but at the same time they can build up a lot of uh, hate if something isn't right. So um, your backers uh, and the community around it is like incredibly important. I think the most important thing is to be really fast. If something builds up, if questions are unanswered, if there is something that isn't clear, you need to be, you know, clear right away. You need to answer right away. We had this thing that I think is showing a bit, you know, what, what this problem really means is that pop-up store, this, this fake store coming up, selling our product, you know, it wasn't us, it was like on the internet, some con, con artists had set up a store, and you could buy our, our product for like, I don't know, $15, something a ridiculous price. And, obviously, it was a scam, you couldn't really buy it, I mean, we haven't produced it yet. So this thing came up and a lot of people were falling for that, you know, it was uh, advertised on Instagram, a lot of people bought it and they, you know, had next day delivery or whatever, you know. Uh, it was a big problem because they were coming back to us and they were like, hey, this is strange, why can I buy this product for $15 on, on this store, on this uh, online store. And so you need to react really fast. So you need to contact Facebook and Google. You need to tell them, okay, this is a scam. Please take it down. You need to address your backers. You need to make sure that not a lot of people fall for that because they are angry at you, you know, despite the fact that you have nothing nothing to do with that. And that, this is just one example how you need to be really fast. And it came up on a Friday afternoon in, in America. So we were already asleep. They couldn't know. So they were like feeling that we didn't care too much about it because it was, you know, our weekend, we were uh, eight hours ahead. So that's a huge thing you need to take care of. If something happens, good or bad, you need to be really
0: fast about it. Absolutely. And it's great when the crowd, you know, gets behind you and can help and support and find out all these things for you at the same time, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, they, they uh, showed us, you know, they, they told us, like, look, what is going on? There's something not right. And then we were, were made aware of this page.
0: Yes, sir. So what's the biggest thing that you've learned throughout the whole process of launching your first Kickstarter campaign?
1: I would say that you should be as authentic as you can. We weren't quite sure how to approach this whole Kickstarter thing. In the beginning, we weren't sure about how to present ourselves, you know, how to present the uh, the video that we made and the page. And we see a lot of products that are really polished on Kickstarter, you know, that are done by Big companies having huge budgets, and we we were more on the you know rough side. We had a student team of, of uh, filmmakers. We had uh, didn't have any voice talent. I was doing the voiceover and you know mostly the narrating. And I, I think we learned that that's okay. You know, people are like um, if the product is cool, they are perfectly fine with a bit a uh, rough presentation. Not everything is super smooth and super polished. And that was a huge learning. You know, because people still care about whether or not your product is cool you know whether or not your vision is, is true and that turned up turned up, turned out to be a good good learning for
0: us absolutely so where are you guys headed next after this now that it's winter
1: time but we are going for uh, for production i mean we are now trying to set everything up uh you know connected to our partners and make sure that the product comes out next summer because the problem obviously is that you cannot really enjoy it during winter right so you can only enjoy it during summer time so we need to make sure that You know, our backers are getting the product of time to enjoy in twenty nineteen.
0: Indeed. All right, Sebastian, this gets us into our launch round where I'm gonna rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You're good to go? (laughs) Absolutely. Pretend like this is a water gun fight, all right? I will. (laughs) So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur?
1: The fact that when I looked at water guns, the inventor of water guns, uh, Lonnie Johnson was also an entrepreneur and started like this. And I was like, OK, this is a story that can be repeated.
0: <laughs> so if you could have a water gun fight with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be?
1: I would say it's probably Elon Musk, because he's like, he's building a uh, flamethrower. So he could probably say something about this product.
0: Nice. What do you think he would say about the product?
1: he would probably say that his flamethrower is cooler but i'm not so sure about that
0: <laughs> what business book or life book would you recommend to our audience
1: i would probably say the 80 20 rule it's a huge thing that is underestimated um, all the time everyone thinks he knows what it's about but it's actually you know the Pareto principle it's it's a huge thing it helps you a lot the 80 20 rule
0: absolutely so where do you see yourself in five years sebastian I would hope that Spiral
1: has become a large company that is building uh, cool products and has a cool line of products and uh, well ideally I would hope that um, you know to Spiral is actually a word that you can use you know let's go spiral and that means that you grab a spiral 1 or 2 or 3 and a couple of your friends and have great fun
0: Last question in the rapid fire round Sebastian what does the future of crowdfunding look like
1: That depends on how things develop I would say that um, crowdfunding is always changing, and it's it's very different from what it was five years ago. And I would hope that a lot of young entrepreneurs and soon-to-be companies are still authentic enough and you know truly authentic to present their stuff on 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 Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Um, but I I fear that it might you know turn out to be polished, more established companies trying to use crowdfunding, and I'm not sure where this is leading. So that's a bit of a I'm not sure where this is going.
0: Well, Sebastian, this is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch. Tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out.
1: Absolutely. So we are 11 hours, I think, or 10 hours away from the final, final moment of our Kickstarter campaign. We are building the greatest water gun in the world. It's called the Spiral One, and you should check it out on Kickstarter. Uh, it's going to be huge. It's uh, longer range and um, more pressure and everything you ever wanted from a water gun, really. And uh, we are called Spiral One, and you should definitely grab yourself one and maybe, you know, ask a friend too.
0: Awesome. Well audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit ArtOfTheKickstart.com for all the show notes, the transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, the Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Sebastian, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter Guide to Crushing It. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests.